Welcome to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. This particular podcast is designed to help you discover the absolute treasure that is in the Word of God. My name is Carol McLeod, and it's my delight to open the Word of God with you every weekday right here. Okay, let's talk about this. When I read my Bible, one thing is absolutely clear to me that nothing absolutely nothing is impossible with God. The same God that parted the waters of the Red Sea and that closed the mouths of those hungry lions and that turned water into wine is the God of you. Walking by faith and not by sight is not impossible for you or for me. In fact, Jesus asks that we all join with him and believe for the impossible. There is always a way, my friend, where there seems to be no way. I don't know what you're going through today, but I can assure you that the God that you serve is able to work a miracle on your behalf. All he asks is that you and I walk by faith and not by sight. Let's open the Word of God together as we continue this Bible study entitled, The Time Is Now. Today is going to be a great day. We're going to be talking about one of the grandest, one of the most explosive, one of the most unbelievable miracles that happened while Jesus was on earth. And we're going to learn from this miracle because, my friend, we long for the miraculous. We want miracles in our lives too. And as we study the miracles of Jesus, it will build our faith to believe for miraculous moments to happen in our lives today. Mark chapter 6, verse 34. And when Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it was already quite late, his disciples came to Jesus and said, this place is desolate and it is already quite late. Send them away so that we may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. You know, the disciples are so much like me and I am so much like them. The disciples told Jesus where he was, what time it was, and what he should do. The disciples were fact and circumstance-oriented. Their supposed wisdom was not birthed in faith. It was tied into what they saw in their circumstances, what they saw in the natural. And these disciples came up with a solution for Jesus based on what they saw in the natural. Is that what you do as well? Do you spend time in prayer telling Jesus what to do? Well, Father, if you could just do this and then make this happen and then cause this person to say this, you know what? The best that these disciples could do was recount all that they saw. When you're in prayer, don't tell Jesus what to do based on what you see in the natural. These disciples forgot about who they were with. Don't ever forget the power of God 
in your life. Don't ever forget who Jesus is. You know, these disciples, I can give them some grace here because there was no super Walmart within walking distance, okay? There was no Denny's all night special for $1.99 across the street. They couldn't figure out what to do based on what they saw in the natural. And do you know really what they were doing? They were correcting Jesus. They were saying, hey, Jesus, you preached way too long. You need to shorten the times of your sermons so that people can go out and get something to eat. And another thing the disciples were insinuating was these people should have left you alone anyway. Don't they know what you are going through? These disciples were implying, what if we were somewhere else more convenient? What if there were less people? What if you hadn't ministered so long, Jesus? You know, these disciples are just like me and just like you. They were looking at their situation from a human perspective. This type of sight will always cause you to be frustrated with the Lord. The disciples were frustrated with Jesus because they were interpreting who he was through their human circumstances. When you are consumed with circumstances, with what you see in the natural, when you find yourself being frustrated with the Lord, pause, stop in that moment. Don't give Jesus the answer to a question that he has not asked of you. Don't do it. Perhaps the best question to ask when dealing with frustration and with lack is, Lord, what do you want me to do? Don't tell the Lord what to do. You pause, you stop, take a deep breath and say, Lord, what do you want me to do in this moment? Mark 6, 37. But Jesus answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? You know, Jesus will never agree with your circumstantial driven answers. Jesus never births an answer from our circumstances, but his answers always come from his miraculous power. We only see what we see and he sees all of heaven's power. He said to them, you give them something to eat. Jesus has a miraculous knack for always involving his disbelieving disciples in the answer. You know, Jesus could have fed this tired, clamoring crowd without the help of his disciples, but he didn't do that. He looked at his disciples and he said, just do it. You guys do it. You've got the power. You've just come back from this incredible ministry journey. You can feed this crowd. Now, let me read to you once again, Mark 6, 37. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? So even in this moment, the disciples came back with a little bit of sarcasm. The disciples are still focused on sight, on temporary living, on a human way of solving this problem. 200 denarii was eight months of daily wages. So they were being sarcastic with Jesus. It would be like you or I saying, yeah, you got $40,000 to give me so that I can feed these people? Where's the $40,000, Jesus? If you give me $40,000, then I'll feed the people. The disciples summed up the situation from human reasoning and found it hopeless. That's fertile ground for a miracle. 
If you have summed up your situation from human reasoning and found it hopeless, honey, get ready for a miracle. There was no way, humanly speaking, that this crowd was going to be fed, even if they had that much money. Were they going to walk to the closest 7-Eleven to track down enough bread and somehow carry it back to this remote place? No matter how the disciples configured it with human reasoning, no matter how much they engineered it, there was no way to make it work. There was no way to make it happen. There was no way to feed the hungry crowd. What Jesus had asked his disciples to do was impossible. When we say, God, no way, Jesus says, way, way. Yes, there is a way. It's what I do best. I can make a way where there seems to be no way. Let's pause for a minute and personalize this portion of scripture. What is Jesus asking you to do? Because Jesus has asked you to do something impossible. None of us gets out of an impossible assignment in life. Jesus asks all of us to walk in the impossible in life. Are you walking by sight and not by faith? See, the reason Jesus asks us to do something impossible is because it requires us to walk by faith and not by sight. Do you think that Jesus would ask you to do something that you and he together couldn't handle? Do you think Jesus would ask you to do something that was too hard for him to do? Don't allow your lack of resources, strength, and ability to blind you to seeing God's extravagant and miraculous power. Often your meager resources are the starting point for what God has asked you to do. How do you react when you are given an impossible task in life? How do you react when you are given a situation that seems impossible with human resources? Do you know what that situation is? A situation that seems impossible with human resources is simply an opportunity for God to do what He does best, to make a way where there seems to be no way. Do what you can do and trust God to do the rest. God specializes in all things that are impossible to human reasoning. Mark 6, 38. And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go look. And when they found out, they said five loaves and two fish. So Jesus said, go look, tell me what you've got. And they looked and they saw only five loaves and two fish. And Jesus saw the potential for a grand and glorious miracles. The disciples saw not enough. Jesus saw more than enough. The disciples saw lack. Jesus saw provision. The disciples saw a disaster. Jesus saw a miracle. You know, we're not studying the book of Mark like we would study a textbook or even a riveting historical novel. We are studying it in order to be changed, in order to be impacted by the life of Jesus Christ. Not only did they not have enough, the gospel of John tells us that these loaves were barley loaves. They were the cheapest 
sweetest and the coarsest of all bread. Barley loaves were the food of the poorest of the poor. What these disciples had to offer was not filet and lobster. It was saying like, I got a pack of five hot dog buns. It's all I've got. The cheapest of the cheap from the dollar store. And all the disciples could offer to Jesus were two miniature fish about the size of a sardine. This was not a rich man's lunch, let me tell you. This was a lunch that poor people would sheepishly pick out of their backpack. Their lunch was not sushi and cheesecake. It was crackers from the dollar store and the cheapest can of tuna you could find. It was all these disciples had to offer at this moment. What can Jesus do with just a little? I think that once again, Jesus had a twinkle in his eyes when he said, guys, give me what you got. And perhaps that's what Jesus is saying to you today. Give me what you've got. Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.